Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to episode number 296 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be with you again this week. And I'm also really excited that my friend Veronica Preddy is back on the show. If you have been a longtime listener, you know that I have her on from time to time to talk all things astrology. When I have her on the show, I have her give us a little update on what we can expect astrology and how it might be showing up in our personal lives. But then, of course, I always like to talk about the collective, specifically politics. And um, most recently, uh, not most recently, but in the past couple of years, we've been talking a lot about how the pandemic's been aligning with some things that have been happening astrologically, which at least for me, I just find really, really fascinating. So I'm going to keep this intro pretty short because as always, Veronica and I could just talk forever. So this episode does go on for a little bit longer than normal. So we're going to get right to it. Um, Before that, I do just want to remind you that my book is available for pre-order. You can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash book. And there I've linked all the places you can buy it, Amazon, all the places, really wherever you buy books, you can pre-order it right now. And I would be so appreciative if you pre-ordered it. It's really important for authors to get those pre-orders in. It helps bookstores, libraries, all that kind of all those kind of places, um, you know, decide which books they're going to have on their shelves. So um, I so appreciate you pre-ordering. And also for everyone who pre-orders, you'll be entered to win things for me, including coaching. And everyone who pre-orders will be able to come to Decoding Your Relationships. Decoding Your Relationships is a workshop that I'm hosting in March. The cost is $49. um, And that will be an in-depth two-hour workshop where I will take you through doing the main exercise that I talk about in 
in the book, You Are Meant for Love. But of course, if you pre-order, then you get to come to that workshop for free. So once you pre-order the book, what you'll do is you'll go to veronicagrant.com forward slash pre-order. And there you'll just enter your name and email as well as the receipt number from wherever you purchased the book. And then you'll basically get your ticket, your information that you need to know to come to decoding your relationships. And again, that workshop is going to go for $49, but it's free to pre-order the book and the book costs, depending on um, which format, around 10 bucks. So it's a pretty sweet deal if you ask me. And one thing I just want to say, you know, I didn't even know this, and I talk about this actually in my conversation with Veronica, um, there's some things happening with Scorpio in the next couple or really over the next year and a half, but it, it happens later this month, or actually, I guess when you're listening to it, it's already happened. Um, so we're kind of in a Scorpio time with with the nodes. And what's so interesting is when she was saying that, basically, the nodes are going into Scorpio, she's going to explain all of this in the in the episode. Um, so apologies, if you're like, what does that even mean? But basically, uh, what I'm trying to say is what's going on right now in the heavens in the astrology is that it's a really good time to kind of do some of that deep excavating work. You know, it's kind of like what Veronica says, that hall closet where you just throw all the junk in that you don't want to deal with. Scorpio is kind of like that metaphorical, like I'm just throwing all this, you know, old stuff that I don't want to deal with all this hurt, all this pain, all this trauma, I'm just going to put it in the closet, don't want to deal with it right now. And Scorpio is like, hello, no, we actually need to deal with it right now. And so the energy that's going on right now, um, Um, really beckons that kind of work. And that's really what my book is all about. It's literally about the deep work. It's like, stop following all of this dating advice that yeah, it might sound like it would work, or it might sound easy. But um, you know, those things, those kind of texts that say this, do that. Yeah, sure. Like that might help you get more dates or more sex. But you know, I think if you're listening to this episode, this podcast, really, you want more than just, you know, dates and sex, you want to find, you know, the the kind of relationship that you really want. And so that is going to involve doing some of that, that deep work. So what I'm trying to say is that energetically, this could be a really great time to do the work that I talk about in the book. So you can pre-order that over at veronicagrant.com forward slash book. And again, remember, after you pre-order, submit your information to veronicagrant.com forward slash pre-order so that you can come to the workshop and get all the other goodies, um, plus my endless gratitude for supporting this. All right, my dear, like I said, I've got a long episode today with Veronica. So we're going to get right to it. And just one more quick thing, I'm actually going to be teaching a brand new workshop early next month, I'm going to give you more information about it a little bit later on. It's called how to do the work. Um, I get a lot of questions around like, I understand why I do this, or I've gone to therapy. And I understand that I know my patterns, how do I actually change it. And so I'm going to be doing a workshop on how to actually do the work. Uh, So I will share links to sign up for that it's going to be totally free, it's going to be in early February. So just make sure that you check in with this podcast to get information on how to sign up. Um, Or if you're on my newsletter list, you'll definitely you know, get information about how you can sign up for that workshop. If you're not on my newsletter list, just go to veronicagrant.com. And there's like a million ways to sign up for something and you'll get something free when you do it. Um, That will get you on the newsletter list so that you can um, find out about the workshop. And again, it's really, you know, this whole Scorpio thing, like how to how to do the work and how to actually do the work in a way where your life actually changes. And it's not just in theory, or like you do all this beautiful stuff, and then it's like, boom, like a shitty relationship all over again. So um, if you're ready to implement this kind of stuff that I talk about, and the stuff that I'm sure you're also consuming in other places on the interwebs, then I think you'll really like this workshop. Uh, but definitely more information to come uh, very soon. All right, my dear, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Veronica. 
Hi, Veronica. Welcome back to the show. I'm super excited to have you. Hi, Veronica. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me again. For those of you who are new-ish to the show, because it's been a while, I think it's been like a year since you've been on, Veronica is our in-house astrologer. Um, We have the same name. And there's lots of other episodes where Veronica has been on. So we'll put all of that in the show notes where we talk about twin flames and compatibility and all that kind of stuff, more of like big picture astrology stuff. And here today, Veronica is going to talk a little bit about what we can expect astrologically in 2022, both within like your own life, but then we'll also look at some big picture politics, COVID stuff, because I'm getting feedback that you guys like that stuff and think it's interesting. So um, with that, let's, let's dive in. So is this going to be a good year? I hate to, I hate to <laughs> so ask the question. I think it's going to be, <laughs> I think it's going to be challenging, but I do think that it's going to be less frustrating than last year. So there was a lot of agitation and a lot of frustration and a lot of restless energy in 2021. And as you know, 2020 was kind of the year the, the world blew up. Yeah. And then 2021 was this weird in between. And that was because we had Saturn and Uranus in a square. So a square is the most challenging conversation that planets can have. Basically, that means that the planets in the sky are creating a 90 degree angle from one another, or they're in a formation where it's like there's a 90 degree angle between them. And so when you have a square between two planets, especially two planets like Saturn and Uranus that are pretty big and powerful, it can be really, really challenging. And squares are what move us to make changes. And Uranus is the planet that is most associated with change. He is often the bringer of chaos. I like to call him the um, equal opportunity shit stir or the real housewife of the Zodiac because he... (laughs) that really likes to push the story forward in some way. And that sometimes he'll create chaos or bring surprises that are good that you're super excited to see. And sometimes he brings chaos or changes that are not so great. And you're not so excited to see. And with Uranus, you're not really sure what you're going to get. But the story with Uranus is that he's always pushing us to break free to break out of the norm and to find a new way of looking at something. So Uranus was doing that while Saturn was creating that square to him. And Saturn is the opposite. Saturn is the wise elder of the Zodiac. He wants to maintain the traditions and the rituals and the way that it's always been. And he doesn't want you to forget your history. And he wants you to really do your work. He wants you to not cut any corners. And so when Saturn was facing off with Uranus in this way for the whole year, because they had three exact squares, meaning that they never really got too far from this formation that they were creating in the sky. So we had that general push pull of wanting things to stay the same and wanting things to be new and different. And sometimes we felt as human beings, like we were ready to make changes, but there was something holding us back. And sometimes the changes were happening so quickly that we were being called to pull things back in. So there's this general 
push pull or resistance that was just present throughout the entire year. We just had the third and final square with these two on Christmas Eve. So they're still not going to be too far from one another. They're still going to be doing a little bit of this dance through 2022, but it's not going to be exact. And we're going to have much larger stretches of time where they're not in the square formation. They will come pretty close to recreating this square, very close to election day. So that I am a little concerned about. But other than that, we do have lots of good stretches of time this year where we're not going to have that feeling of frustration. And then we're not going to have that feeling of resistance. We're feeling like we're pushing the boulder up the hill. We're just going to have a little bit more momentum, which I think is going to be really nice. And I also think that we have this opportunity this year, like we're right now, we're recording this while we're in this surge with Omicron and everybody is, you know, I don't know, in a mix of freaking out, but not really freaking out. So (laughs) we're sort of like last year was what is the new normal? And now we kind of know, we kind of know what to do. We have a lot more resources now. So I think that it's going to be an easier year but that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be challenges. I think we're just better prepared to deal with those challenges because of what we went through last year. Yeah. I saw this um, meme on Instagram. I think I posted, I think actually our mutual friend, Rachel Cook posted it and I shared it, but it's basically like, this is not a year where I'm like, bring it 2022, or this is my year. It's just like, come in, sit down, try not to break anything, like just behave. And I'm like, that is exactly how I feel. (laughs) So everyone is feeling that way. And there's a really good reason for that, which is that we are currently in Venus retrograde. Right. And we are gearing up for Mercury retrograde. So when this episode comes out, we will already be well within Mercury retrograde. Okay. And Venus retrograde will be coming to a close. So that means that this whole January, I'm talking about January on my podcast, The Essential Astropast, as a warm up. January is your warm up. So you're just like, you're just getting to the gym, you're checking things out, you're seeing what <laughs> machines are available. Maybe you're like doing a little stretching, like you're not (laughs) jumping in to your workout. It's not, we're not diving right in. Yeah. So that's kind of how I feel January is. And I also think that January is an incredible opportunity this year because of the Venus retrograde and the Mercury retrograde coming together. It's just, you know, it's like a permission slip from the heavens to just slow down. Yeah. And I think... We all need that because this Venus retrograde, because she is pretty much conjunct Pluto for all, she was conjunct Pluto for all of December and for some of January. So Pluto, whenever we're working with Pluto, we're working with control issues. We're working with power issues. We're working with greed. We're working with trauma. We're working with a lot of the stuff that's been boiling underneath the surface that we have been stuffing down, you know, old memories, old trauma, old hurts and wounds. It's all within the playground of Pluto. So Venus being retrograde and activating that three times, it's really giving us an opportunity to work through some of that old stuff. And it might be coming up for you around money. 
because it's in Capricorn and Capricorn is the sign that is most associated with the banks, the government, stock market, but it also might be coming up for you around your relationships, your relationship with your mother, your relationship with your father, your relationship with the partner, your friends. It also matters where it's happening in your chart. So it's always good to get a reading. So you see where these planets are playing in your chart and how your chart is being impacted by the planets. Okay. So, so I want to, I want to make sure, I mean, I know I understand, but I want to, I'm, I'm trying to think of like someone who doesn't understand or know astrology super well. So, so a lot of us know Mercury retrograde. That's like the most common. He record retrogrades, what, like three times a year, three, sometimes four times a year. Yeah. yeah. And that's like travel delays, flight cancellations, saying the wrong thing, like, you know, sending someone the wrong thing on the email. I was just watching the last episode of working moms and she sent like whatever, a nude picture to the mom's group instead of her husband. So things like that feels like Mercury retrograde. So, and Venus retrograde is more along the lines of, I mean, I know you just described it. Like, I, I guess it depends, you know, it's in Capricorn. So it's going to involve like money, banks, government structure, all that kind of stuff. But then with Venus retrograding, does that mean like our relationships will feel stalled or like just the way that like how Mercury can sometimes stall communication? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So Venus rules our values. So when Venus retrogrades, it's actually the most intense retrograde because it is the one that rules all the stuff that's important to us because Venus rules our social life, our relationships, our money, all the things that are valuable to us. So when we have Venus retrograde, we have this opportunity to reprioritize our values because she is in this dance with Pluto a lot of old trauma might be coming up throughout the retrograde. Now, classic Venus retrograde, like you're talking about, might be old exes all of a sudden showing up in your email or on your Facebook messages, right? (laughs) It can be all of a sudden you get a bill for some medical procedure you had two years ago. You might find out that your parents invested in some stock when you were eight years old and you had no idea and you have $10,000 that is just available to you, right? So these are some ways that Venus can act on her retrograde journey. Okay. But really the way to use this Venus retrograde is to let it be an opportunity to take stock and clean house when it comes to your relationship with your money, your relationship with the people in your life that you love and that are important to you. And with whatever you value, you know, it's also an opportunity to reprioritize your relationship with yourself. So I think a lot of people are having an experience of, wow, I didn't realize how traumatized I've been by this past two years. And now I really have to take care of that. I really have to go find a therapist. I really have to make sure that I have more time to take care of myself. I really have to prioritize whatever it is. Maybe you've been just drinking too much wine or sleeping at weird hours or whatever it is, you know, there's, I feel like people are experiencing this retrograde as a reset in loving ourselves and loving other people well. Like if you're not loving yourself, how are you going to love the other people in your life that you want to love? 
And so I think that could be how some of this Venus retrograde is playing out. And on top of that, you might also be hearing from exes and you might also be having people pop up like on the dating apps and you've already gone out with them. That's another way that you I'm might just thinking find of a couple client, I'm, I'm giggling because I'm thinking of a couple of client conversations I've had recently. And I'm like, I can affirm that is definitely happening with some people I know. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes Venus retrograde can also be like, oh my gosh, I didn't appreciate that relationship. And I really had it so good. Or... Mm-hmm oh my gosh, I can't believe how far I've come that I'm not choosing those kinds of partners anymore. You know, it it can be an internal review. It doesn't have to be something coming from the external world. Yeah. Okay. And then of course, on top of that, like wherever it's retrograding in your chart. Well, yes, of course. So this is the thing. Whenever we talk about astrology on a podcast, if you're reading your horoscope, It's general, you know, unless you're looking at your chart, you're not going to have that exact granular view of how the planets are impacting you personally. Yeah. But of course, with some reflection and introspection, you can, you can glean value from the collective experience of the planets as well. Yeah. We're all part of the collective consciousness. So we're all having a collective experience with the, with the planets in the sky, but then we're also having our own individual experience because of our own natal chart. Yeah. Okay. So that's Venus. And again, by the time you are listening to this, if you're listening to it around the time it was released, she's only got a few more days for retrograde, right? Yeah. Which is nice. So she's going to, she's going to get into forward motion soon. Of course, with retrograde planets, there's always a pre-shadow and a post-shadow. So she's going to have her retro shade as the kids on Instagram say. Um, so we're going to probably be feeling her into February. She's going to be writing herself and, and finding forward motion again, but you always feel a planet most acutely when it stations to either retrograde or regain forward motion. Okay, great. So we've got Venus, we've got Mercury. What else is going on? Well, what's really exciting is that right when this podcast comes out right after Venus finalizes her retrograde experience, (laughs) we are going to have Venus and Mars connected, pretty much conjunct, working together through all of February and March. And this is pretty rare. I mean, it's not crazy rare because Venus and Mars have like a weird cycle. You know, all the planets have different paces Mm -hmm. in which they go around the Zodiac. So speeds, they all have different speeds at which they go around the Zodiac. So they sometimes have a year like 2020 where Venus and Mars didn't make any harmonious connections to one another. Mm -hmm. And that seems pretty profound because we all were told to stay home and not see each other, right? So Venus and Mars weren't connecting and neither were we. And those are the relating planets. So Venus is the planet most associated with the feminine archetype, feminine energy. And Mars is, of course, associated with masculine energy. Now, caveat, this has nothing to do with gender. We all have masculine and feminine energy within us. And so when these planets get together, they're the planets of relating. I would say they're the planets of relating along with Mercury, because Mercury is the planet that helps us communicate with one another. 
But when Venus and Mars are together and they're working together and they're for all intents and purposes a conjunct for two months, it's kind of like Mars is in the driver's seat and Venus is in the passenger seat and they are in the same car going down the highway together. And so whatever you are working on in your life, whether it's your relationship or your business or something else, a personal goal, you're going to have support from other people because those are the relating planets. So once Mercury is direct in February and Mars and Venus are going to be in this two month long conjunction, it's going to feel like everybody is on your team, supporting you and helping you move forward. So it's easier to get along with other people when Mars and Venus are having a harmonious conversation. So that's really good for dating. So I'm telling every one of my clients who is single that they should be dating in February and March, (laughs) because that is when you're going to feel like you really can get on the same page with someone and you're going in the same direction and you're vibing and you feel like you understand each other. Like that's going to happen a little bit more in February and March. Now they're going to start that period in Capricorn. And Capricorn is really interested in long-term commitments. So that's going to be a really, really nice time to lock it down. Maybe you're dating someone and you're like, okay, now we are on the same page and we have the same values and we kind of want the same things. We're in it for the long term. That's going to be really nice. Like early February right for Valentine's Day, you might see a lot of people decide to commit. And then we'll go into Aquarius, which is interesting because Aquarius is a really interesting sign because it emotionally likes to keep things at an arm's length. Yeah. But it's also a sign of hopes and dreams. So if you're like, this is what I really want and I cast my vision for it and I'm ready to go after it, the Venus Mars conjunction is going to help you do it. That's awesome. I love that. And good news for people listening, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I'm really, really, really excited about the Venus Mars stuff this year. I think it's going to be really nice. The one thing, the one caveat is that the beginning of the year, of course, we have this Venus retrograde that we're already in. And by the time you're listening to this, you're coming out of it. So yeah, that's nice. But we do end the year with the Mars retrograde. Yeah. What I will say is February to May, everything is direct. All the planets are moving direct. So that is your opportunity period. You're going to have this stretch from February to May where pretty much everything is going forward. It's going to feel so fast. It's going to feel like there's so much momentum. So that's why I said January is a warm up. Let yourself ease into the year and then really be prepared to capitalize on that time between from February up to May. And then we'll start to move into some more retrogrades in late April, early May. But those are all outer planet retrogrades, Mostly the outer planets. And then we'll have another Mercury retrograde because he's pesky. He's always doing his thing. Everybody's like, isn't Mercury always retrograde? I'm like, well, no, but it feels like that because it's fairly frequent. So, um, but yes, the outer planets spend pretty much half the year retrograde. And the funny thing about that is that if you're like me and a lot of those outer planets are retrograde in your chart, that's actually when things feel like they're kind of going right with those planets. So same as if you have Mercury retrograde in your chart or Venus retrograde in your chart or Mars, 
when those planets are retrograde, because you were born under it, it's going to feel like, oh, this is what normal is. Hmm. So it's not bad that planets retrograde. And for you, it might be great, you know, depending on when you were born and what the planets were doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't say that to say that's bad. Once things go retrograde in May, it's not bad. We can't have all forward motion all the time because then we would just be like running into walls and making lots of mistakes. (laughs) But I'm just saying that this is a really, it's nice to know that there's going to be a lot of momentum available to you in those months, February, March, April. Okay. Good to know. Okay. What else is going on this? We're going to go into about spring or so late spring. So what else do we need to know? So before we get to spring in January, there's one other really exciting thing that's happening. Oh, okay. Which is that the North node is moving into Taurus. So the nodes spend about a year and a half in one sign and they move to the next. And so the nodes are what we call the nodes of fate. And they belong, uh, there are these two points in the sky. And so when a new moon or a full moon occurs near the nodes, we have an eclipse. And so we have two eclipse seasons per year. So we will have four eclipses in 2022. And we had four eclipses in 2021. We had six eclipses in 2020, which is another reason that 2020 was just impossible. <laughs> so, <laughs> so six eclipses. I thought it was five, but I knew it was, it was three four, and, but it was three and three. We had six eclipses in 2020. It was 2020 really had everything. So I 2020 was like astrological whiplash. And I feel like every year after 2020, it's going to feel easier because that was just so much being thrown at us at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Now this node shift is going to be really interesting. So if you think back, May, June, 2020 was when we had the beginning of this cycle with the North node in Gemini. And now we're starting a new cycle with the North node in Taurus. And so whatever is happening with the North node, the opposite is happening with the South node. So the North node is in Taurus. That means the South node is exactly opposite the North node in the sign of Scorpio. And some astrologers call opposite signs, sister signs. And that's because they sort of have similar aspects to them, but they show up in very different ways. So Taurus and Scorpio, both very stubborn, but they might show it differently. Taurus is really, really interested in growing things and creating stable, steady, reliable structures. It likes things to be consistent. So my mother is a Taurus and she doesn't go on vacation. She pretty much never leaves her house. I mean, she goes outside. I mean, when I say she doesn't leave her house, I mean she literally like doesn't she doesn't leave her town. She doesn't leave her home area, I should yeah. say. If she has to go to a neighboring town, that is like really frustrating to her because she likes everything to be within her control. She's a Taurus. Taurus is like to control things. Scorpios like to control things also. 
But Tauruses will tell you they like to control things. And Scorpios will secretly control the situation. (laughs) So they operate differently, right? And Scorpios are my favorite people. And so are Tauruses, actually. So I feel like this is a really interesting nodal access experience that we're going to. And I'm excited about it for this reason. We've gone through so much the past couple of years. And a lot of this time has been with the North Node in Gemini. And now the North Node in Gemini has a lot to do with your neighborhood and your community. South Node is in Sagittarius, which has to do with foreign travel. So look at what we were not doing a lot of for the past two years, foreign travel. Mm -hmm. And when we're dealing with those, those nodes were a lot of mental energy. It was a lot of information and misinformation. And we had a wonderful opportunity to get clear about how we express ourselves and how we express what we value and how we express who we are because Gemini is all about self-expression. It's also incredibly creative. So there's a lot of amazing things that came out of this time, but it's been a lot of mental energy. And so now we get to go into this Taurus North Node situation, which is going to be much more about grounding our energy in the earth because Taurus is the fixed earth sign. So I like to say it is the earthiest earth sign, which is why it's so stubborn. It is immovable. Once it moves in, it doesn't leave. You know, those people in New York who are like, I lived in my apartment for 47 years. Like they have some Taurus in their chart. So (laughs) those people are Taurus people. They find the rent stabilized apartment in like 1972 and they're still there. And like everyone who lives in New York for a certain amount of time meets those people. So those people are tourist people. But for us right now, finding that stability and feeling that support and feeling that grounded energy, I think is going to be so healing. Yeah. And the other side of that axis is Scorpio. And Scorpio is about unearthing the old stuff, the old psychological stuff. It really rules. I always say Scorpio is like the ruler of your hall closet. So my hall closet is where I put all my stuff that I want to take to Goodwill, but I just don't want to go to Goodwill right now. Right? So we all have the hall closet in our mind. It's like, we have the hurt, we have the trauma, we have the old pain, we have the scars from the old relationship, and we stuff it into the the back hall closet of our mind and say, I'll deal with that later. I'm busy right now. I have to go to work. I have to work out. I have to take care of my kid. I have to do whatever. So I don't have time to feel those feelings. And so Scorpio stuff, and when planets move through Scorpio, we are forced to deal with what's at the back of the hall closet. So I think that this is going to be an incredible opportunity to suss through some of the ways that we haven't been honoring what we've been going through the past two years. Because once you're, when you're in a situation that is traumatic, it's really hard to see it clearly. Even though we're still in it, we've been in it long enough to have a little bit more perspective than we had in spring 2020, right? So now we can sort of see this clearly and deal with it from a more pragmatic perspective. But that also gives us the space to say, wow, this is some serious stuff that I've been dealing with, you know? And I think that we're going to have an opportunity to. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To unpack some of that stuff, be able to feel some of it so that we can release it and move on. You know, as they always say, the issues are in the tissues. So I think all of us are carrying a lot of stress in our bodies right now. What's really nice about that North Node in Taurus is that it's very interested in feeling good. So this is going to be a time to, you know, take care of yourself and make sure that you're getting enough rest and sleeping enough and maybe going to yoga or maybe getting a massage once it's safe to do stuff like that. You know, those are the kinds of things that Taurus really likes to do. It likes to feel good. I always say Taurus people like to have the 500 thread count sheets, and they like to have the really cozy cashmere sweater that's 12 years old. And they like to make really comforting food and have really good wine. And they're not necessarily into grand luxuries, like having a Rolls Royce or a private plane, but they want the small, cozy pleasures of life. And so I think we're all going to have a chance to prioritize that kind of stuff. So if you're like, I really want to invest in a really nice duvet this year, like this is the time to do it. If you're like, I really want to invest in a really nice cashmere sweater for for winter, this is the year to do it. I just um, bought like an expensive pair of pajamas, which is something I would never, I normally it's just like whatever sweatpants I have and like an old t-shirt, but so worth it. Worth every penny. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's funny. My best friend is really into matching sweatsuits now. She's like, this is our life. So I am just only buying matching sweatsuits now. (laughs) Um, So that's a very Taurus thing. You want to be comfortable, but you want it to feel luxurious. Comfort and luxury, finding that Venn diagram where they overlap is very Taurian. That's so funny because didn't we have a, didn't the nodes switch like, well, oh, they switch, but then didn't we have an eclipse in Taurus? And that was the first one last December or something. So yeah, eclipses are weird because if you have the node at the beginning or the end of a sign, if you have a new moon or a full moon that occurs in the neighboring sign, but within a certain number of degrees of that node, it'll still be an eclipse. Got it. But then the node and the lunation are in different signs, which can always make it feel a little bit funky, you know? Okay. Okay. Cause I was going to say, I think I actually bought those pajamas around the eclipse time. But... Yeah. And that was, you know, it, it was an eclipse. <laughs> it was considered an eclipse in Taurus when the lunation is in Taurus, even yeah. though the North node was in Gemini. So yeah. the Scorpio thing is really interesting because well, my book is on pre-order now, if you're listening to this around the yay. time, yes. Yay. <laughs> but when you said about like the hall closet, the thing you just keep walking, like that's exactly, I never really thought of my book as like, Scorpio, but 
it kind of is Scorpio in a way. Cause like, it's like, yeah, it's time to go into the, into that whole closet and look at all the shit that's in there. So you got to unpack some of that stuff. You yeah, know, and I, where, I didn't notice ahead of time. So it, it it must have just been like an intuitive thing. Like it needs to come out when because I wrote this book like two years ago. So I guess it needs to come mm-hmm. out when the nords when the nodes go into Scorpio. Yeah, and the south node is in Scorpio. And the south node is what we're releasing collectively, and the north node is what we're moving toward collectively. Okay. The thing about the nodes is you got to balance them. So you can't be all about that North Node in Taurus and not deal with the psychological trauma of the Scorpio. Yeah. You got to find the balance between the two. Yeah. So while you're doing that deep work with that Scorpio South Node, you want to treat your body really well and take care of yourself and get enough sleep and take salt baths and have the nice fancy pajamas and do all of that stuff too to honor that Taurus North Node. Also, Scorpio is the sign of composting. It composts the old stuff so that it can make space for new life. And that's why this axis is one of my favorites, because I think it's so beautiful. The Scorpio South Node or that Scorpio side of your chart is going to help you compost some of the old stuff that you've got at the backhaul closet. Maybe it's just some stories and patterns that you just keep reliving. And you get to move those through and let that be fertile soil for planting your seeds for what you want to grow. Okay. And that's, what's really nice about this period. Cool. Well, I'm excited. And I mean, this totally only has to do with, well, not just me, but I think I'm actually having like a node return. Is that a thing? Like how we can have Saturn or lunar or whatever solar return, Saturn returns, does it mean anything when the nodes are back in the sign you were born with? Mm-hmm. So I don't remember. I have to look at your chart, but is your North node in Taurus? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's North node in, in Taurus. And so, um, yeah. So basically when you have a nodal return, that is like, uh, invitation from the universe to make sure that you're on your path. So I just pulled up your chart. So your North node is at six degrees Taurus. So the nodes actually move backwards. They move in the opposite direction of the rest of the planets. So they're not planets. They're actually points in the sky. And that means that you're going to have your nodal return um, more in 2023 because it's more toward the end of the cycle. But Yeah, for sure. When you have a nodal return and the nodes come back to that point where they were when you were born, it's like the universe checking on you and making sure that you're fulfilling your destiny. So I always say on my podcast, the 90% of astrology is free will, just like life. And 10% is the stuff that we just don't quite understand. It's mystical, magical, and beyond our comprehension. And that 10% is usually the nodes. Sometimes it's Pluto, but usually it's the nodes. (laughs) So that's where we get a sense of our destiny. And when we make choices that impact our destiny. So as we're recording this, Jupiter is squaring the nodes. Whenever a planet is squaring a nodes, it's telling you that you're making some choices right now that are going to impact your destiny. They're going to impact your fate. They're going to have an impact on your life in the long-term sense. So that's what's, the nodes are important. You know, to me, they're a really exciting part of the chart and it shows us 
a little bit about past lives, if you believe in that, and what your soul incarnated this go round to work on. Cool. Light stuff here. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so the North Node in Scorpio for you, it's like you incarnated to feel abundant, to feel that, to enjoy the small pleasures and luxuries of life and all of that stuff. Yeah. Like buying, you know, J. Crew. Yeah. So, like, you should always (laughs) buy the fancy pajamas. Yeah. I figured, okay, if I'm going to be at home because of stupid COVID and I always have to breastfeed, I'm buying nice pajamas. Totally. Um, anyways. Okay. So what else is going on that we should know about? So the other thing that's going on, and one of the reasons that this year is feeling more optimistic for most astrologers is that Jupiter is in Pisces. So the one thing about that, that's a little scary is that every time the planets move through Pisces, we seem to have a surge with COVID or (laughs) It was like when Mars went into Pisces, it was COVID. That was 2020. And we had, um, I think when Mercury was in Pisces in 2020, we first heard about COVID. And like, it just, every time there's planets going through Pisces, we seem to have an uptick in how much we're thinking about COVID or how much the pandemic is impacting us. So with that said, Jupiter in Pisces is awesome. It is the traditional ruler of Pisces. It gives us a feeling of expansiveness. It increases our ability to be compassionate. It increases our ability to feel like we are part of a collective consciousness. It reinstills our faith in humanity. There are so many ways that Jupiter and Pisces is so freeing and opening. And we had a little experience of it back in May and June when Jupiter dipped his toes into Pisces before he went on his retrograde path and went back into Aquarius. This was last year, 2021. In 2021. And so if you remember in May, the CDC was like, oh, you don't need a mask. Everything's great. We're getting back to normal. And that was literally the day Jupiter went into Pisces. So Pisces is a sign that is ruled by the fish moving into opposite directions. It is in modern astrology ruled by Neptune, the God of the ocean. And so whenever we're talking about Pisces, we're talking about boundless energy, right? We're talking about boundarylessness. We're talking about the ocean, that vastness. And you can think of the ocean as a symbol for our consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so there's a wonderful... Pisces is the mo- one of the most spiritual signs. It's the dreamer. It is any person you know who's a Pisces. First of all, I don't know any Pisces who are just like sitting around and daydreaming. It's so funny. Like every Pisces I know is the most uptight person. No offense to any Pisces listening to this because I'm sure there are <laughs> Pisces that are not like that, but the people in my life who are Pisces are just not easygoing by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. But there's other things going on in their chart. My dad was a Pisces. Um, Just because you have a sun sign does not mean that you are the stereotype of that sign. In fact, I always tell people to read those Instagram memes for their moon sign because your moon sign, you're going to really embody the stereotypical aspects of more than your sun sign. So I digress, but that... Piscean energy of being a seeker, 
of trying to find meaning outside of yourself. We're all going to have a desire for that with Jupiter and Pisces, which is beautiful. But there's also a sense of not knowing what's real and feeling a little bit too trusting, a little too gullible. And so that's when you can kind of run into trouble. And we saw that in May and June, we all lost our, we, we let our guard down, if you will. Right. And so we're in it. We, then we had another cycle. Jupiter went back into Aquarius with another cycle. With Jupiter and Pisces, it feels like there's going to be more spread. And Jupiter meeting up with Neptune, which is the modern ruler of Pisces and the traditional ruler of Pisces, meeting up in the sign of Pisces for the first time in over a century, that is like maximum spread. So I'm very concerned about <laughs> April. But I'm hopeful that maybe I'll be surprised and maybe it is a, an expansion of our ability to be compassionate and healing and help each other and all those wonderful things that will also be a part of that, you know, regardless of COVID, that's still going to be an experience that many of us have. Yeah. Yeah. So when we started talking about this before the, we recorded. Um, I've heard some astrologers say that they think the pandemic will begin to recede and be more endemic for good once Jupiter goes into Aries. But I know you kind of don't agree with that. Well, I don't not agree with that. I think that we're already seeing that shift. And I think that because Jupiter in Pisces, I always think of that as not having any boundaries, right? Yeah. So Aquarius is really good at maintaining their emotional boundaries. We've had Saturn and Jupiter together in Aquarius all of 2021. Aquarius is also the sign that is associated with science. And Jupiter has been answering to Saturn in that sign of Aquarius. What does Saturn like to do? He likes to keep things reined in. Mm -hmm. Once Jupiter is now outside of Saturn's purview, he is in his sign of rulership. Saturn is in his traditional sign of rulership, Aquarius. Jupiter is just going to have a lot more free reign. In Pisces. Yes. So my feeling is that our relationship to the pandemic is changing. And we already see that happening as we're recording this in the first week of January. People are already saying, okay, this is more miles. I can go out. Okay, I'm boosted, so it's fine. Okay, whatever. You know, we're not lo- we're not locking down again. Yeah. I think that there is going to be a shift in our relationship. We already know that this is going to be an endemic. Maybe it's already there in some capacity. I'm not an epidemiologist. Please consult Dr. Fauci. I am not, this is not my expertise. But I think our relationship to living with it will change. And we are going to let up a lot of the restrictions and restraints when Jupiter is in Pisces. By the time Jupiter goes into Aries, which will be in May, there's going to be just a different feeling about it, whether or not the actual statistics are any different. Yeah. So I don't know if that means that the pandemic changes. I think it will continue to evolve regardless of what's going on astrologically. That is a conversation for an epidemiologist. But I do think our relation to it, our relationship to it, and our psychological experience of it and the impact that it has on us is going to be different. 
Yeah. Because now it's something that we're just learning to live with. Yeah. And Jupiter and Pisces is about forgiveness and it's also about acceptance. So I think we're going to be doing a lot of forgiving of the people that we've probably been really hard and rigid with. And we're going to be doing a lot of acceptance of, oh, this is life now. And I don't know if that's a bad thing. I don't know that that's a bad thing yeah, or a good thing or something in between. I, I don't think there's any, I think it is what it is. Yeah. When Jupiter moves into Aries, that will be interesting because Pisces is not clear. Things are very cloudy and hazy when we're working within the Pisces archetype. Aries is blunt, clear, like a sharp knife cutting through butter. And so we're going to have a very different experience when Jupiter moves into Aries later this year. Just like Jupiter did a little dip into Pisces and went back into Aquarius and do the same thing. He's going to dip into Aries. We're going to get that blunt honesty. And then he's going to go back into Pisces and we'll be like, whoa, this is a little different now. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. You know, I think the conjunction in April is going to be big. It's the first time that Jupiter and Neptune are meeting up in Pisces since 1856. And I think that we're going to have a lot of spiritual development. I think a lot of us are going to be a little too trusting. So we have to be careful about that. I think we have an ability to believe in our own abundance. And that's a really beautiful thing. And we're all going to be feeling more charitable under that conjunction in April. And then Jupiter is going to move into Aries in May. And we're going to be returning to blunt, direct, unfiltered honesty. And by then we're probably going to need it. I'm more worried about Jupiter and Aries from the perspective of what's going on politically. Yeah, I was going to ask you about how. Because Aries is the sign of the warrior. And Jupiter and Aries is really willing to take on the fight. So it's going to be, I think, through May, up till May, we're going to be pretty, pretty happy, even though it doesn't feel that way right now when we're recording. And then Jupiter and Aries might bring some of that anger back that we saw a year ago on January 6th, mm-hmm. because that was, remember, the, the insurrection happened in the last hours of Mars in Aries after his seven month stay in Aries because of his retrograde. So that was the boiling over of something that was boiling underneath the surface for a long time. Yeah. And so now we're going to have Jupiter go through that sign of Aries and it's going to be leading up to the election. So it'll be interesting. (sighs) Um, I just want to direct people. Also, you have an episode on your podcast where you talk about the U S Pluto return. Yeah. So, uh, we don't have to get into it here, but basically yeah, we don't have to get into it here because it's a whole big conversation. We'll put that but in the show we, notes so people can listen. We will be experiencing the first Pluto return we've ever gone through as a nation. And we're going to have three hits of it. And the first one's in February. So this is definitely a time as a country for those of us that are American. But even if you're not American, I feel like the American political system has an impact on the world because 
until recently, we were the leading democracy, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) So so with that said, there's an impact on democracy worldwide with what's happened here in our election system. We've never had a Pluto return because Pluto takes a really long time to go around the Zodiac. And obviously, we don't know what that's like because we haven't experienced it. But we can look at history and we can look at other countries and see what their Pluto returns were like to glean a little bit of information. And we've been feeling this Pluto return for quite some time. It's not like, oh, we didn't feel any of it until February. Astrology is not like that. It's not black and white. There's shades of gray. We've been feeling the lead up of this for quite some time. I would say certainly since the last election, since 2020. So I don't think it's any different than what we're already dealing with, but I do think it is this year is the opportunity for us to choose what kind of nation are we going to be for the next 245 years? Because it Mm -hmm. takes Pluto, he's not exact, but 250-ish years to go around the Zodiac. It's been 245 years. The birth of our country was July 4th, 1776. So that was the last time Pluto was at 27 degrees Capricorn. And now he's back. So we're going to see what that's like. We're going to get to experience it. And as I always say on my podcast, we chose to incarnate at this time. We chose to be here for this ride. We chose to be a part of it. So you have an opportunity to use your voice and take action and do something Mm -hmm. to impact what kind of country generations to come are going to live in for the next 250 years. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any another example or so of um, a country that's had their Pluto return and it was interesting (laughs) or do we not want to, do we not want to know the answer to that question? (laughs) Um, It varies. And it's so funny. I have a friend who wrote an incredible article about this and I feel like Mm -hmm. people should just go read her article if they're interested in it because, but it's just, it varies, you know, Pluto has so much to do with control and power. And when we're going through a Pluto transit personally, as a country, whatever, we experience Pluto transits all the time. I'm having a Pluto transit right now. Pluto is squaring my ascendant. So while the U S goes through this Pluto return, I'm having a big Pluto transit, by the way, I just finished a big Pluto transit. So I'm constantly in Pluto transits personally, but (laughs) Pluto is pretty prominent in my chart. So that's not surprising. With that said, you know, we are we all have lived through Pluto impacting our charts. We have we've had personal Pluto transits that are very important. And in those moments, you are being called upon to build resilience. You're being asked to look at where you have power and where you are powerless and to step into really embodying your power in a healthy way. So how that looks as a country, I don't know. I mean, in history, there are good examples and bad examples, but they're tough. You know, last night it was interesting. We were, I was watching Rachel Maddow and she had Doris Kearns Goodwin on and she was talking about that. Oh my gosh, the, I forgot the name of the man, the Senator from the Whig party. And he attacked one of the Republicans. Do you know that story from I think it's from the 
I think it's from 1860 or around then. I would I would have known his, this at some point for sure. APU some history nerd who's listening to this is so mad that I'm botching this story. <laughs> but basically, it was really interesting what she said, which was that she, they were going through a similar thing as a nation to what we're going through now. And so I think what's interesting about astrology, just like history, just like listening to Doris Kearns Goodwin. And by the way, that the date was like late 1850s, maybe it was 1860. So it was right when the last time Jupiter and Neptune were together in Pisces and that really had my brain dinging. But astrology like history, it's really, we always look to astrology to predict the future, but the truth is it's really a practice of looking at the past and finding the patterns. And the pattern is that this very violent thing happened in Congress and people chose their sides and the country was more divided than ever. And then they had to experience the civil war, right? And so that was led to something new, the birth of something new. And so I guess what I'm saying is, Throughout time, there have been many Pluto returns from many countries, but many of those countries are still standing. So through that burning down, there was a rebirth of something valuable, something new, something better. And so Pluto always desires destruction for the sake of transformation. And so in yoga, there is this idea of tapas, and I always associate that with Pluto. And tapas is the willingness to endure intensity for the sake of transformation. And that's basically what Pluto asks us to do every time he hits our chart. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Lots of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot going on, but I really feel like overall, it's a more optimistic year. And I think it's a year that's going to give us a little more clarity. Jupiter and Aries will definitely bring clarity, even if it's difficult. And the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in Pisces will give us an ability to dream big. It'll give us an ability to really cast a very expansive vision for ourselves. Yeah. That sounds good. I mean, I I can already feel Jupiter and Pisces and I I love it so far. (laughs) Honestly, since Jupiter has gone into Pisces, which was December 28th, I have been so tired. And it's also rule. It's also rules my 12th house, which is the house of sleep and Pisces is the sign of sleep. So it makes sense. If you are feeling tired, if you're feeling like you need to rest, definitely use these next few months to get the sleep because Jupiter and Pisces is is going to give you the ability to rest. Jupiter and Aries is really going to wake us up. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Anything else that we should know going on this first part of the year? No. I mean, we haven't talked a lot about Saturn, which is really interesting because he's sort of doing the same thing. He's an Aquarius. He'll still be working Mm -hmm. on all the science. He'll still be working on uh, helping us build things that are going to last a long time. Saturn likes to build things and put boundaries in place. Mm-hmm. So we're continuing that work. I think a lot of people worked on their boundaries in their relationships mm-hmm. with the Saturn Uranus square throughout 2021. Yeah. And a lot of that work is going to continue in 2022 because Saturn is still in Aquarius. Uranus is still in Taurus, mm-hmm. but 
I think that is healthy. Probably yeah. the pandemic has illuminated a lot of the areas of our life that we needed some boundaries. Yeah. And for those of us who've been really rigid, the Jupiter Neptune conjunction in Pisces is going to really challenge your boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, this is I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. I don't know. I feel like we talked about like a lot of deep stuff. We talked a lot about, about Scorpio and Pluto, but yeah, I just want to just reemphasize that like, there's good stuff here. (laughs) I think there's a lot of good stuff here. Personally, I am so pumped for Jupiter and Aries because I am an Aries and I have three major Aries planets. So I'm just excited for all my planets to get a dose of Jupiter. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Aries is in my fourth house, um, which is like your home and stuff, right? So Mm -hmm. home and family, immediate family. So we have owned this condo that we used to live in, in Dallas, and we kept it because basically it was supposed to go for like a corporate, like the whole complex was going to get sold. And so we were going to get really more money than if we had just gone to market and just sold it, you know, on our own anyways. Um, so deal after deal after deal keeps falling through. And so I'm like, Jupiter is going to my fourth house. We're going to finally sell this stupid condo <laughs> and get it off of our hands. Cause like, we can't sell it now. Cause like, you can't even get a renter because like everyone knows it's about to go. Like we are under contract right now, but hopefully it won't, you know, fall through like all the other ones have. So that's what I'm hoping for at least. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a great example of how knowing where the planets are and how they're impacting your chart is so helpful. So yeah. if people do, if any of your listeners want to do a chart reading, I do readings all the time. You can book it on my website, go to veronicapretty.com slash astrology and <laughs> we'll put it's the, all there. Yeah. We'll put the link in that. And that gets to where, you know, obviously where I want to in this, which is, you know, plugging all your stuff. Everyone should, I have a lot, I've had a lot of clients and I'm sure many other people that I don't know that listen to this podcast book calls with you and they all love it. So if you haven't booked a call with Veronica, highly recommend, and you've got your podcast and you've got yoga club. Um, do you want to share a little bit about that? Sure. So, um, I talked a little bit about yoga through the call or yoga philosophy. We talked about that online yoga club is where I teach yoga. I've been teaching yoga for a really long time. In 2020, we transitioned or I transitioned to an online membership model when our yoga studio here in New York that I was teaching at was no longer going to be (laughs) a place where we could go. (laughs) And because life has changed since 2020, we're just continuing with online yoga club, which is really exciting. And I'm super excited because we're up-leveling it this year and adding a lot of content and some bite-sized yoga classes and meditations, as well as the live classes that I teach three times a week, which you come to because you're a member of online yes, yoga. Club. And and also like you talk about astrology, like in the yoga, like it's like you, you combo it, which is really cool. Yeah. So the, my yoga classes are infused with astrology. And we also do a special restorative moon ritual every new moon and full moon. So near the new moon and near the full moon, we'll do a restorative yoga practice where I talk about the new moon or the full moon. And we do a writing exercise to help you set your intention and a meditation. And I think actually 
online yoga club is one of the best ways to start to align yourself with the moon cycle, which people always tell me they want to do, but they don't actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard if you're not super, super into astrology to follow it. Yeah. Um, especially if you can't read charts, unless you like get a really good moon app or whatever. So this way I'm keeping you on the moon cycle. We also practice in collaboration with the planet. So basically we're in Capricorn season right now. We're doing a lot of support work. How do you feel supported by the earth below? We'll move into Aquarius season next, and we'll be talking about other things. We'll be talking about connection. We'll be talking about bringing the elements of Aquarius into your practice and how do you embody that? So I think in a really cool way, online yoga club gives you an opportunity to understand the astrology on a very visceral level, which is my hope that it works. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can, if you join, you can practice with me. I go on Fridays. The evenings are a little challenging. Although now I think I can start coming sometimes because Marshall goes to bed later. So I don't start feeding him before bed anyways, but everyone should join that. And then you have your podcast. So tell us about your podcast. Yeah. Essential Astrocast. You can find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. And I talk about the astrology each week. So if you like learning about where the planets are, what they're doing, how they're impacting you, you can listen to the Essential Astrocast every week and check in with the weekly forecast. Yeah. And that's nice. Cause it's like, you just go a week at a time basically. So it's not like something we're talking like three months from now and you're, and you like forget that, that thing was. Yeah. I'll definitely <laughs> keep you posted on all the little things that are happening yeah. in between. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Well, as always, thank you so much, Veronica, for coming on the show. I know these are always long episodes. So if you're still here with us, thank you. <laughs> um, I hope you loved it. Um, anyways, we'll have you on again, probably sometime May or June when, you know, there's new stuff to look forward to in the year, but um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for being here and thanks for sharing with us your, your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the love life connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.